What comes after death? They say space is the final frontier, but what's the next frontier after that? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This This Paranormal Life. Oh, welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to This Paranormal Life, the weekly show. Every Tuesday, we dissect a different paranormal tale and try to work out whether it's true or not, whether it happened or not, whether it's paranormal or simply mundane, like the rest of my life. You're joined by your two favorite paranormal investigators, very decorated, very prestigious, very old, a lot of, lot of years in the industry. My name's true. Kit Greer. This guy's Rory Powers across from me. How are you doing today, Rory? I'm doing great. And as you said, you know, we're not afraid to ask the big questions, but we're also not afraid to ask the little questions. Mm-hmm. Like, can mice fall in love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or- Even smaller than that, can a snail fall uh, in love yeah mostly to do with love because wow. that's love's pretty paranormal yeah we put two um ladybirds in a bag um and just hope one male one female a uh, uh, male ladybird and a female ladybird get it right yeah uh, yeah um and we, we just wanted to see what would happen i think one of them ate the well, other yeah, one well, ate the other one and instantly. died yeah yeah because ladybugs are poisonous to other ladybugs but is that love to Ladybug? Who knows? To me it is. <laughs> Let's find out. On, t- on this week's episode, we have an array of bugs that we're going to be mashing together in a sack. So over here we have uh, a variety of different sacks with a variety of different bugs inside. And as long as we don't... Oh! oh! Holy! I don't know which bag I just tipped open. The bugs are f***ing everywhere. That's a whole situation. Um, I guess we'll let them do their thing. We'll come back to that at the end of the show, maybe. But as always, we have a brand new investigation for you this week. We're going to dive right in. Thank you so much to Alex Stevens for emailing this one into us at thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Today, I am taking all y'all to the year 1518. We're in Strasbourg, France. Have you ever been, Rory? I've been to France. I've never been to Strasbourg. Strasbourg borders France and Germany. It's a small city for anyone that doesn't know, and it's the fulcrum point of Northern European culture and politics, which is why it's the home of European Parliament, the Strasbourg Cathedral Notre Dame. But the city also keeps a dark paranormal secret that almost exactly 500 years ago, an event unfolded that would defy explanation to this very day. July 1518, it's a normal peaceful day in Strasbourg. Everyone's going about their business. Bakers pulling baguettes out of the oven, merchants on every street corner bustling, selling their wares, blacksmiths pulling iron baguettes out of ovens, aka swords. Valerian baguettes. I cannot stress enough how civilized this place is. This is is where uh, these two great countries meet and, and those cultures blend. But in the middle of this bustling street, one woman, Mrs. Trofea, starts to dance. She's in the street, grooving to her own beat, popping, locking, milly rocking, pulling out every move in her arsenal. And you can imagine everyone's thinking, weird but fine, we don't really hear any music. And as night falls, the, the bakers are done baking, the blacksmiths are done blacksmithing, baguettes go back in the oven. I don't know how bread works. No. They return home at the end of a long, hard day. And the next morning, just as they're setting up shop again, and the streets begin to fill with early risers, it becomes very clear that one person never went home, never even went to sleep, Mrs. Trofea. She is exactly where she was yesterday, on the same spot, 
still dancing. All right, all right. Is this like, so maybe she's busking? Is there a hat down? Is she accepting coins? That's an interesting take. I don't believe she was. I don't think there was any sign of coinage. That's a little worrying. Which is a good point. If I went into like Piccadilly Circus, started dancing. dancing. Yeah. But I didn't have like a little receptacle. There's no hat on there. There's no box. There's no coin purse. Do people just start throwing money at you or what I mean, it would be a truly terrifying moment when you have like a pound coin in your hand and you approach the dancing man on the street to give him money for his performance. And slowly into the approach, you realize there is no hat. (laughs) There is no basket. This man is just dancing for the love of it. He is just method. He is just passionate. And at that point, you have two choices. You can turn away or you can weirdly just go put that pound coin by his feet. Yeah. Which I think is even like, that's maybe even a bit insulting and weird. That's maybe even weirder. Pick it up. Yeah. You're not even like, he's just like, why didn't you hand it to me? I don't know. I thought you were busy, sir. Because I'm assuming, I mean, an old-timey town that is between uh, Germany and France, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is like that talented footloose that doesn't dance. Yeah. It's going to be no nonsense. Totally. Now, Germany has like an international stereotype of of being quite serious. Yeah, like no nonsense. So I feel like this wouldn't be exactly to their character. Uh, Even less so medieval Germany, where (laughs) presumably life was a lot harder, tougher. I mean, they were making swords. So in any society that has to make swords every day. If I wake up at seven in the goddamn morning to bake loaves of bread Mm -hmm. and there's an old woman like grinding on my legs as I'm like pushed against a hot oven. She's like using the baguette as a penis. Things are getting really weird and sexual. She's been there all night long. I would be a little furious as well, to be honest. At the very least, life expectancy is so bad that you're like, I don't have time for almost anything. Least of all dancing. I've got weeks to live. I gotta bake. I gotta bake this bread. And people on the street corner are talking to each other like, she's been here all night, right? People making jokes, you know, I'll have what she's having. You know, I guess she's having a good time. And before long, others start joining in. Later that day, Mrs. Trefea, without saying any words has started a dance party several people in the middle of the street in a seemingly endless silent dance-off got a bit of a silent disco on our hands here pre-ipod silent disco you just kind of hum a tune of your choice to yourself yeah and dance days started passing and every day a few more people would join the dance and every day the other townspeople became more and more confused about what was happening within one week there were 34 people dancing day and night. Good lord. Surely this can't keep going, right? Wrong. Within one month, 400 dancers dominated the street in Strasbourg. At this point, if it had ever been amusing to the locals, it stopped being funny when one dancer dropped dead of a stroke. Oh my god! To this day, people do die at dances, at raves, at parties. It's kind of a byproduct of. Listen, if you throw a legendary rager, someone's going to die. Yeah, There's going to be fatalities. Of course, of course. For one reason or another. So you could excuse maybe one. The problem is, from that point on, periodically, uh, people just started suffering heart attacks, hemorrhages, strokes. And despite that, every day, more and more people joined this dance. What a terrifying 
strange affliction to have because I mean it, it, this would get to the point where you know if you're someone in the town that has not started dancing yet I mean you're you're gonna be like I can't listen to any music because I don't know how this thing f- starts I can't even like do a little hop skip when I leave the front door because maybe I won't stop hop skipping yeah it'd be terrifying so you know your friend you know he's he's around at your house you know you're you're having like a little drink after work after a long day baking baguettes and he's like hey bro you hear the new track from lord uh lord varian and you're like dude do not play me any lord varian his shit is so fire i will be out there in two seconds dancing till my heart stops literally yes get thou music box out of thine house and it's too late. He's cranking it. And you guys are popping. You're locking. You're magnetically drawn to the courtyard where there's hundreds and thousands of people all dropping and locking together. And you know that there's those kind of no-nonsense types and they're just like, oh, you won't catch me in there. I'm not going to be <laughs> dancing anytime soon. I've never danced in my life and I'm not going to start today. And like that guy's wife is just like, your grandfather is in that square right now. <laughs> He's 95 years old. Yeah, hard cut to the businessman doing the moonwalk. Like, he's in a big dance circle of everyone cheering him on. The mayor is just like, help, help. Because <laughs> that's the other difficult thing is, you know, uh, an infliction like this that is at its surface quite comical. I mean, that's a hard sort of thing to ask for help with. Right. I mean, if you go to the doctor and you're like, Doc, I just can't stop dancing. He's like, get the hell out of my office. Absolutely get the hell out of my office. The NHS is so overburdened as it is. We don't need jokers like you in here. Yeah. Doc, seriously, my feet hurt, man. (laughs) Just because usually paranormal encounters are quite scary, terrifying things... I mean, what happens if you got cursed by a witch and you start pissing orange juice? That's a pretty serious thing. Orange juice coming out of your penis. But a doctor's going to be like, well, actually, a doctor might actually care a lot about right. that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. He could probably win a Nobel Prize or something with you as like a little freak monkey. Yeah. But, um, and that's what the thing, you know, if you're having health problems because you're dancing too hard, I mean, yeah, people are going to laugh at you. Yet, like I said, this was super serious. People were dropping dead. And although the city didn't keep written records of how many died, I guess it was 1518, you know, they didn't have iPads and shit for jotting that down. They did record that fatalities occurred. And sources say that up to 15 people a day were dropping dead. Oh my gosh. And this city wouldn't have had a massive population at the time, maybe like, I don't know, 50,000, something like that. Right. Needless to say, this situation quickly escalated from kind of funny to very horrific in just a couple of days. Were these people in control of themselves at all? Are they possessed? If so, could it happen to anyone? For all the times people knew they could be stone cold, sober, working hard, yet absolutely powerless to stop their own feet from moonwalking towards the town square to join the party. And of course, the officials, at least the officials who weren't affected, had to come up with a way to stop it. Sure, they had guards to stop violent criminals and witch doctors to cure diseases, but how do you stop a dance plague? If I've learned anything from the popular series Game of Thrones, you need to dance your way into that mosh pit and kill the original dancer. Was that an episode? With dragon glass, straight through the heart. And I'm pretty sure the rest of them will explode. That's an interesting theory, though, uh, all jokes aside. Maybe there is 
one ringleader to this, some kind of T virus patient zero yeah. who, um, I don't know, some, some pied piper of this nonsense. Yeah. If you take them out, the spell wears off. There was definitely a lot of different schools of thought about what was happening here. And they started asking these 16th century doctors and physicians for advice. Of course, being men and women of science, they quickly ruled out astrological and supernatural causes. Instead, they announced that this was a disease. They said the affected were suffering from, quote, hot blood. The quote-unquote boogie virus. Okay, that's great that you named it, Doc, but how do we stop it? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't try and act like you're this hot shot scientist if your conclusion is going to be something called hot blood that's not that's the most old-timey doctor shit i've ever heard it's like oh doctor what's the problem well after a little diagnostic i can confirm they have hot blood we need we need two thousand ice cold leeches stat this really just seems like you're flying by the seat of your pants at this point (laughs) you might have as well have said boogie jeans or the boogie virus yeah, I just sort of imagine like the kind of doctor that comes up with that is the guy who's like first day of medical school. All the medical students are crowded around the, the patient's bed and the um, head doctor, the lecturer is just like, so um, maybe some of you would like to take a look at this uh, patient's um, stat sheet here and, and just see some of the symptoms and try and diagnose. Uh, I think I know what it is. Sorry, young man, you haven't actually looked at any of the statistics yet. He's got spongy spine. (laughs) What? This is the doctor who's, like, in medical school, but he never buttons up his lab coat, and he's got his sunglasses on, and he's, like, leaning back his chair. It's like, sponge spine. It's like, that's not a real thing. He's like, look, you don't like us young doctors coming in here and shaking things up, huh? It scares you with our new diagnostics. Sponge spine, hot blood, the diseases of the 21st century. These are diseases by millennials for <laughs> millennials. Like, did you pay for your tuition? Absolutely not. I found a coat in a closet and I came in wearing it. And speaking of shaking shit up, I need to shake the shit out of that guy's spine. This man is incredibly frail. Don't touch him. Oh! Now, uh, believe it or not, there was, <laughs> thankfully, it wasn't just an empty diagnosis. There was a cure for hot blood, uh, which was to bleed the patient. God, I, that's not a, that's not a, a cure. But that it, was the, the cure problem, to almost anything in that in those years. But if your blood is hot, get rid of the blood. Terrible logic. They would bleed you dry in order to remove the hot blood from your body, hopefully leaving just just enough cold blood, <laughs> which I think is what humans are, cold-blooded. In these days, bleeding the patient was the answer to every problem except when the patient came in bleeding and the solution would be to stop the bleeding. Uh, but of course, this was a time and a place of enlightenment, of scientific progress. And the authorities said, wait, we can't drain all the blood of these people, nor do we have to. What if I told you there is another way? The authorities banded together and decided that the only cure for what was happening was more dancing. They simply had to get it out of their system, only by dancing, day and night. The authorities took the course of opening even more venues to dance in. They opened two guild halls, a grain market. They built literal stages and dance floors to try and help these people dance their disease away. As you might have guessed, this didn't exactly work and make the dance go away. So they had only one other option. 
one other nuclear option to solve Nuke this. them? You're going to nuke the crowd? I just mean kind of like uh, that level of stakes, you know, we're going to bring out all the guns here. Right, sorry. The authorities assembled a crack squad to tackle this disease, an Avengers-style team to finish this once and for all. We're talking an army of elite musicians who were deployed to play the most foot-tapping, booty-twerking, moonwalking, body-popping What do they think is happening here? To decimate the dance floor, lutes and all. This is a... What you need are the most bland-ass, grey humans alive. Don't don't bring the the toe-tapping virtuosos of a generation to this crowd. It's so backwards. What? It doesn't make any sense. I know what you mean. You need to... If this was, like, modern day, you would need to banish anything with a beat. Yeah. Very, very far away. And import as many kind of Ed Sheeran-type people as, as possible so that they cannot possibly dance to whatever's left. Yeah, exactly. Just get people who have, like, hearing impediments, have their vision impaired, you know? They can't even see or hear, and they just go into this crowd and hopefully sort it out. That's that's like the M. Night Shyamalan twist version of this movie, is that the only person who can stop it is someone who can't hear at all. Mm. They can't hear the secret, silent, paranormal beat. That's right. These musicians played day and night tirelessly probably until they started dropping dead but sadly this only exacerbated the spreading dance plague this thing became bigger and bigger until it hit a critical mass and in the end the only thing that finished this paranormal phenomenon for good was time eventually the mysterious disease subsided and those who survived could return to normal life but the people of Strasbourg never determined the cause of the dancing plague. I guarantee you it would have lasted maybe two days max <laughs> if it weren't for the interferences. People start dancing and they can't stop dancing. So they build them dance halls and fly over the top musicians in the world to make people want to dance even more. Like, what is the mayor of this town doing? If, if their town hall catches fire, is he like... We are planning to burn the surrounding buildings first before the fire can reach it, thus containing the fire. We think that if we amass as much wood as possible and dump it on top of the blaze, it should contain it for some amount of time. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Thoughts? This is an interesting story. I don't know if we've ever investigated something like this before. Some sort of boogie fever? I mean... We really don't have a lot of information as to why this happened, how it was spread. And as we talked about, old-timey medicine was, and doctors were so god-awful at this point that it feels like they did very little research and put very little effort into trying to find out how this was spreading at all. And every solution just seemed to make things even worse. So I don't know what to think, really. They, yeah, they, I think that's fair to say that they pretty much couldn't have done anything more backwards than they already did yeah absolutely i mean they constructed dance halls hey at least that is like making the best out of a bad situation (laughs) it is some blue sky thinking it's like the equivalent of ohio being like hey the frogman's here he's got a wand he smells like almonds 
We're not getting rid of him anytime soon because he's a little <laughs> magical wizard. Let's have an annual Frogman festival. We're not getting rid of him anytime soon because he is our mayor. We voted him <laughs> in. He is the best public representative we have. We wanted almonds. He smelled like almonds. Turns out it was just a smell. He had no almonds. He said he'd drain the swamp. He made the swamp three times as big because he lives there. The wand can do that. We didn't know it at the time. The wand can do that. Could do a lot of magical shit, actually. He said the wand was a, was a walking stick. It's very <laughs> magical. He did the Willy Wonka thing where on his way to his inauguration, <laughs> pretended to trip, did a roll through his wand that made the swamp take over all of the main parts of the town. Uh, he said, you're not inaugurated yet. We can still vote you out. Uh, but he pointed the wand at us and we, we thought it'd be best to vote him in for we sure. <laughs> We just got used to swamp life. Christ, how did we get back to the frog man? I, oh, it's taking the, the best out of a bad situation. It's like you're monetizing it. It's like it's like Denver International Airport. If you remember all sorts of conspiracy theories, rumors, uh, yeah. sightings of UFOs, oh, all yeah. sorts of shit. And Denver International Airport now just makes billboards about the fact that they've got UFOs in their basement. Absolutely. It's business, you know? If Bigfoot's kicking around in my back garden, I'm going to start selling big shoes. If people start spontaneously combusting, who's, guess who's selling water buckets? And they're going to cost you too, you cheap assholes. So rude to people who aren't even your customers You burst yet. into flames? Yeah, now you come crawling back to Rory's farm. What'll it be? I've got all the answers to all your paranormal problems. You have a lot of matches as well. Yeah, sometimes you got to just... They're not, they don't combust by themselves. You got to get things going a little bit. I think that's what spontaneous combust means, though, that it happens on its own. Spontaneously? I think what you're doing is arson or murder, actually. But it's still combustion. Sure. Not so spontaneous, sure. But at the end of the day, they still need the bucket. It's like murder combustion. It is pretty much. But again, they need the bucket and that's going to cost them probably about two. Okay. Yeah, you get two, three hundred dollars, I'd say. Okay, you're going to jail for life. I go to my jail cell with a box of matches. <laughs> Hope y'all got some noodles to trade for water. <laughs> Psh, flicking matches at like the seven foot dude who's wearing nothing. He just promptly beats the shit out of me. <laughs> Something really funny about my scrawny ass in jail. <laughs> Like, in a whole cell full of, like, neo-Nazis. You guys are gonna be what? giving me all your shit soon. Better get used to that. Gonna be running the place. I appreciate the business savvy. I mean, they're making money off those dance stages and those dance halls. Are people they? Are if people are coming in to dance... I don't think they were charging these people. I think they think this was, like, a public health... Big mistake, pal. That's okay. business 101. I think this is a public health hazard. I learned that from my first combustion. You gotta charge them to make the cash. If anything, I think this is probably... They probably want to solve it, because this is costing the city an enormous amount. They have baguettes not getting baked, because the bakers are out there body popping, molly rocking. Yeah. You got to get people to clean up the bodies as well. And they're going in. They're not coming out. They're dancing their little hearts out. And then you need to send in another team to pick up those bodies. They're in for life. Uh, they like, it takes like three months to ship in, uh, you know, the the new world's greatest uh, physician, yeah. new world's greatest doctor. He solved every case he's been put on, every medical mystery they put him in for five minutes. <laughs> he cracks. He's gone. His eyes are black. He's dancing better than any professional dancer you've ever seen. They pay half a mil for a sensory deprivation Hurt Locker style bomb suit for a man to go in. And then 
as soon as the crowd parts, they're all like, go, 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 go. And he's like breakdancing in the middle. That's half a million gone. Absolutely wasted military technology. Honestly, if this happened today, I don't think we'd handle it much better. And what we just heard about what happened in Strasbourg in 1518 is insane. But I haven't even told you the craziest, most compelling piece of this puzzle. It didn't just happen once, it's happened again and again. The earliest known account of a dance plague is 1300s Aachen in Germany. Weirdly, the same kind of region of not just Earth, but also Europe. That it's These are both essentially in Germany. Wow. Yet a full 150 years plus before this first story took place. Which is kind of interesting because if it happened a couple of years later, you would kind of say, hmm, if this is fake, if it's psychological, if it's something like that, you know, copycat incidents could take place. But when it's hundreds of years apart, that seems like a stretch. Yeah. And both fascinatingly and alarmingly, there is even a modern example of this. The 1962 Laughing Plague of Tanzania. It's January 30th, 1962 at an all-girls school in Kashasha, Tanganyika, or modern-day Tanzania. And without warning, by all accounts, no hilarious jokes or pranks being pulled that morning. Three girls started laughing together in class. That's fine. Nothing weird so far. Nothing weird so far. You know the teacher's going, Okay, girls, what's so funny? Quiet down over there. Quiet down over there. <laughs> Shut the f*** up! Respect me! This is the 60s. I can beat you! It's a weird thing for a teacher to say. Yeah, I don't uh, I can't do a very good girl laugh. My vocal cords, like, don't go that high. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's yeah. like, pretty, you're not that size. I can't it's do not it. Gonna yeah. So, I just do my regular laugh, then? Yeah. <laughs> so high. Is that your real laugh? Oh, my... That... My real laugh? My real laugh... You'll know... You'll know my real laugh when you hear it. In in over a hundred episodes, we've never heard your real laugh. You haven't said anything funny, man, so... That honestly hurts to hear. Make a joke. You might hear it. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Sorry. Just... The thought of jokes make me laugh. Because uh, I didn't even say joke. I just did like a bad setup to, to also, a joke. You also answered your own joke. You said, knock, knock, who's there? <laughs> Why are you laughing? It wasn't, laughing. A, it wasn't a joke. Sorry. It's just it's funny because you, you answered, you said my part. <laughs> I honestly think we should stop the podcast. Now. Sorry. Because if that's your real life, I don't think this is going to work. Well, all right. Well, I'll, tr- I'll just try not to laugh. All right, cool. Yeah, that'll be fine. Okay, let's be serious. Blah, 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 blah. Cool, uh, as long as you can. Just be serious, Rory. Don't yeah, laugh. I mean, you didn't laugh for over 100 episodes, so I guess yeah. it'll be fine. You're going to make... Stop that. You're going to make me laugh. I'm not. I'm being completely serious. Ah. There's, no, there's no reason why you would laugh. Just... Now it's in my head though. I've got like the giggles or whatever. <laughs> that's, <laughs> just keep... That's, that's, that's not a giggle though. You're trying so hard not to laugh right now. <laughs> Sweat is dripping down my yeah, head. Yeah, I can, see I can barely focus. The corners of my eyes are, are actually going black to a pinpoint. I think you're turning into a donkey. Yeah. There's some kind of metamorphosis going on. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. Alright, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. But the girls in this class just keep laughing. Girls, enough, you're distracting everyone. But they keep going. Before long, the teacher realizes that from the expression on the girls' faces, they can't stop, even if they wanted to. Ooh. It's said that this laugh spread gradually throughout the school, affecting almost a hundred of the 159 pupils that went there, except not one teacher was affected. And this is kind of hard for us to imagine because, Okay, maybe something funny happened at school that day. Something unbelievably funny. Yeah. And maybe everyone's laughing about it. So you would at least expect that the girls go home at night, laugh it off, go to sleep, come back fine the next day. But this lasted for months. Ooh. Almost three months later, on March 18th, the school was forced to close because they couldn't teach anymore. Unless no laughing matter. This spread to neighboring villages. In one village, 217 people were affected. In another village, 48. The original school reopened in May, two months after closing, five months since the original laughter episode, and they had to close again a full month later. So six months after the fact, the did school's closed. It, did anyone die from this, or was this just laughing? Nope. Okay. As far as I'm aware, this was totally fine. I mean, which is kind of interesting because I guess it shows that the dance deaths were pretty much to do with the dancing, not any disease potentially. Got it. Like bodies just shut down. And after 18 months of this laughter plague and 1,000 people affected, the condition gradually wore off completely and symptoms including pain, fainting, breathing problems, rashing and screaming went away for good. Good lord. And who's to say that that's the end of these modern examples? Who's to say that frickin' soldier boys crank that, that size Gangnam style that Fortnite dances aren't some kind of new 21st century shit, some kind of digital dance plague? Well, I mean, I think we would hopefully know because kids can stop dancing. It's like if, if there was an unstoppable dance plague. Can they? Hopefully we would know by now. That Roy Purdy guy seems to be dancing all the time. To be fair, we don't know what the hell's going on in, in the world anymore. I assume in some sort of government bunker, they have one of those, you know, it's in like every zombie movie. They have that world map. Yeah. And you can see the infected areas, like yep. like the red circles growing on the map. They probably have one of those somewhere, but it's with dancing and and laughing. I mean, there's worse ways to go, I guess. There's like 50-year-old veteran generals 
just watching TikTok all day long, yeah. <laughs> looking for signs of a dance plague that could take down the whole nation. I mean, it sucks because obviously no one really wants to die, but dancing or laughing to death isn't... I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, imagine mm, there was one God town over where... communist. <laughs> imagine one town over, like, another place called, like, Doodledorf. And over in Doodledorf, you know, you catch a bug so there. So rude, you, the you, fact you... that there is a place called Dusseldorf... <laughs> And you're just calling it Doodledorf for fun. Use the goddamn name, you asshole. Yeah, and in imagine in Doodledorf, you just like piss yourself to death immediately. Bam, gone. One day you're fine, and then oh, urinated. Blah, I pissed out my organs. That would be bad. You'd be begging for a dance virus at that point, wouldn't you? I mean, if your point is that there's always a worse way to die, you're right. There is. Yeah. I think that was my point. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> and this pretty much sums up the case of the dancing plague of 1518. Uh, we're left with a couple of clues. The fact that this hasn't happened just once, but it's happened a couple of times throughout history. But it leaves us with a tall order uh, on our hands here to come down to a decision whether this is truly paranormal or not. Yeah, we have almost zero help from uh, anyone who was alive at the time uh, in terms of documenting or really trying to help cure or find out why this happened uh they just made it a lot worse so we got that going for us as well <clears throat> what i can tell you is the kind of egghead theories today as to why these things happened and love the, it the reason i left this to last is because as you, you're about to hear these are really unsatisfying answers there's been a few things thrown around people have hypothesized something that we talked about in a previous episode. Maybe the harvest around Strasbourg was thrown off in 1518 and that all the wheat that they would normally use for bread was um, rotten with ergot and that that could have basically caused LSD, a powerful hallucinogenic drug, to be present in their food, uh, causing them to trip balls. That's a kind of interesting theory as to why people might have lost it and started dancing. The problem is that doesn't last for months yeah it lasts for like a day yeah so there's basically no way that could have been it yeah because presumably these people aren't like dancing like they didn't take a bite out of an apple dance for 12 hours and be like whoa that was crazy anyway second time to finish this delicious ass <laughs> apple second bite whoa and it starts back over again like they it's just it took over and they couldn't stop that's it basically the only thing people can kind of agree on is that this is psychological in some way that this is some okay. kind of mass hysteria something we've talked about in the podcast before something that's hard to wrap our head around but that through some combination of social conditions environmental pressures people's psychology switches in such a way that they behave bizarrely and irrationally and in this case in a really big coordinated way one piece of information that's helps that theory is the fact that i kind of left out that most of the people this affected in strasbourg in 1518 were women young women as well okay and that becomes even more interesting when you look at the 1962 incident in tanzania because it was at an all-girls school ah. all girls between the ages of 11 and 18 so there seems to be some connection between this psychological uh, infliction and young women Okay. Uh, which gets a lot of kind of anthropologists and uh, psychologists thinking that did this affect women because women were facing the most stress out of any demographic in society. 
Apparently in Tanzania during this time, it was a really rapidly shifting political landscape as well as being a patriarchal society. I mean, and then of course, even more so times 100 in 1518 Strasbourg. Yeah. You're living in medieval times with a kind of very powerful social hierarchy where men dominate over women and you have very little freedom as a woman and that could this be affecting their psychology um, to breaking point even. That alone, like look at the contrast in the possible hypotheses offered up by current day <sighs> scientists and the olden day scientists. One was the the incredible amount of pressure that was inflicted on a certain uh, age and demographic of people in the surrounding towns. The other one was hot blood. Yeah, Their blood was too hot and it made them dance because they were hot. I mean, both very viable options, both very possible. And neither proven, so hot blood it is. <laughs> I mean, th th it's an interesting theory, but also I'm not going to argue that things uh, are as stressful as they were back in the day, but... People these days, you know, come under incredible amounts of stress in their everyday 21st century lives. There's war zones today. Absolutely. There's horrible situations in the world. Absolutely. You know, I'm out and about in central London. iPhone runs out of battery. I can't get an Uber. Okay. I don't know where I am. I said war zones. It's probably distasteful to like. I hit my freaking credit limit on my card. So I can't even get a freaking so you spent, donut if I want. You spent, Okay. So you're. You spent so much money, you couldn't buy a donut. I'll ask my friends if they want to go for a beer. Uh-oh, did I say my phone's dead? Because it is. I can't go anywhere. I you still to... went for the beer. You're, you're sauce. Yeah, by myself. And I ran into a few buddies, but I couldn't okay. even prep them that I was going to be there. Granted. And then what happened? Stayed out too late. Couldn't get an Uber home. Had to get the night bus on my other card that I'm not supposed so to So you had a card the I had a second time. card. Sure. I wasn't just going to let my buddies pay for the drinks. But that's for emergencies only. Did you buy a Rolex? An emergency Rolex. Because, uh-oh, let me check the time on my fucking phone. It's dead, Kit. I needed to know the time. You have an Apple Watch on the other wrist. It's for my apps. It's for my apps, and it can't do shit without my phone. This one's on East meant. Coast time. How am I supposed to tell the time in the UK? There's very stressful situations in the 21st century, and to my knowledge, we haven't seen people or really heard about people breaking down into dance because of it. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. No. Although we have covered some um, suggested cases of mass hysteria before. It's also so difficult because... On one level, it seems kind of woke for these scientists to be like, this is affecting women because women were the most oppressed. But it also seems kind of not woke because it's kind of like, the wenches lost it. Yeah, like their little pea brains can't handle <laughs> the man problems. I mean, it's it's almost as bad as hot blood. Yeah, yeah. It's, like I said, unsatisfying answers. But... Damn it, Roy. Whether we have science on our sides or not, we have to come to a decision. What are you saying today? That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, it's not even the fact that we have a good reason behind why any of this has happened. We don't even have a single paranormal reason. I mean, we didn't really talk about any paranormal theories as to why this could happen, which... Again, it makes this not, it makes this abnormal, but not necessarily paranormal, which is what we've been coming down. <laughs> All right, now that I think about it, we might have made this same conclusion for the last 36 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we just briefly touched upon with this one that the scientists back in the day, sort of, even they 
sort of quickly considered astronomical reasons, paranormal, supernatural reasons, possession, sort of yeah. those are the obvious things. But even back then, they sort of didn't think that that was likely. Which is, I mean, so many things wrong. You diagnose someone with hot blood and then you dismiss the paranormal. I mean, you couldn't have made any wrong, wronger choices. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. You're going to put your, your faith in science? In 15th century science? Bad move, buddy. Because I don't trust 21st century science. The only thing I, the only fact I know about science is that it's a lie. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I've been Rory Powers. <laughs> so, so your scientific fact is that scientific fact is a lie, is, a, is wrong? It's the only scientific fact that I know is that science is a lie. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I think it's one of those weird things that if I did say it at a convention, people might actually think it's genius. Because <laughs> he's like, it's right. Science has year after year been able to disprove its own hypotheses. It's like, yeah, that's what you're, I meant. You're yelling from the background. No, it's f-ing bullshit is what it is. I don't think the moon's real. They're drowning like, you out with applause. They're like, he's a genius. He's a genius. You earth is, the wor- earth is flat. I thought stars were demon's eyes. Yes. They're handing me the Nobel Prize. What? I thought gravity was a curse to keep humans on earth. They're all laughing and they get a joke. <laughs> They're all chanting, four more years. I haven't been elected one year. <laughs> what am I doing four years off? So yeah, I don't think they should have been so quick to dismiss the paranormal in this case. Is that what you think it could be? I think it could be. I haven't had the opportunity to do enough research into what possible paranormal event could have caused this behavior. But maybe there's something in there. Maybe a particularly groovy alien had sex with a local and this this boogie fever just spread. It was airborne. Who knows? I mean, have we even investigated whether lizards like to dance? That seems like the first thing I would have done. <laughs> like, I appreciated the thing. What was it you said? Something about it was like people were stressed or something. Right, right, right. So Something like that. But which like, it's fine because like, I'm sure you researched it and somebody researched it and like, I guess it's all right. But if there were lizard humanoids, could they still hear music? Like, do lizards have ears? These are the kind of questions I think that you should have answered today, but it's fine. You did your best. You think that, that like lizard humans came to earth and the first thing they did was start dancing? I, I didn't say that necessarily. I just, I, well, I asked if lizards have ears and you couldn't answer that question. I can't answer that question. <laughs> I don't know. That was the original name of my TED Talk presentation. <laughs> but so, so many people showed up to call me an asshole. It was just do <laughs> lizards have ears. Yeah, you know, one like reptile expert just yelling from the back. No, you <laughs> idiot. To then be I fair, my case. there was no music. Boom. That's another bombshell. <laughs> you don't have to have ears to, to dance. dance. You don't have to be a lizard to dance here, but it helps. <laughs> I think that just about answers your question. I don't know if it does, but it's going to have to. I guess I wanted to cover this case because it's so incredibly bizarre and sort of inherently paranormal that it sort of sends the imagination flying, but also the reason we haven't really talked about many or any specific paranormal methodologies as to how this could have happened is that I don't really see any. I don't really know how, other than just plain old 1500s possession, you got a demon in you because you're dancing. 
I don't know how anything other than that would explain this. And I feel like whether it was hot blood, whether it was (laughs) a sociological uh, illness, some sort of psychological malady, it's something closer to that world than the world of possession. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do agree with you. I think the only one that we didn't look at, which isn't paranormal, but does fall under conspiracy, is maybe some sort of very early version of um, local governments and military testing experimental shit on uh, townspeople. Jesus, so, I didn't yeah. even consider that. We're talking some Game of Thrones era testing. Bi- of biological weapons, Absolutely. Again, we've got no reason to believe that's actually what happened. So, <laughs> I just literally pulled that out of nowhere. It sounds like a couple no's today. It's it's going to be a no, unfortunately. As much as it pains us to say that, God darn, we've got to do some yeses soon. I'll get a yes. I'll get a yes. If you were in Strasbourg in 1518, if you were in Tanzania in 1962... If you were in the fictional town of Dudeldorf... So offensive to our listeners in Dusseldorf. Get in contact, please, and let us know. At this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you thought of that one. If you can't stop grooving, then we want to hear about it. Because of this paranormal life commune does not yet have a physical um, dance arena. Uh, somewhere that we can uh, recreate this sort of thing. You will have to uh, do all of that kind of dancing on our message board on this paranormal life secret society on facebook i guess you can post like the salsa emoji the salsa dancing yeah. emoji there's probably a couple dancing related ones you can throw in there I, w- I will say for the record there actually there is a dance hall in the um paranormal members club the, why, uh, the hotel why obviously you know that because kids never been know. into the hotel password because as we've said he refuses to dm me i on will Twitter. not give me your secrets master that's all you have to do i think it's bullshit you just gotta I kiss the ring and i think you're, you're bluffing i think it's not even real it's so a guys, real just stick to the this paranormal life secret society whatever about this dumbass members club it's real send send me the dm give me your secrets master or i want to see any variation of wanting the secrets and uh you get the link to the secret the secret website so it's a it's a real thing you can dance your little hearts out well if any club that it won't have me so it won't be that awesome actually (laughs) but that's right there will be all sorts of um medieval peasant style dances going on in the this paranormal life secret society and if you can't get enough this paranormal life episodes head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life where there's a backlog of bonus episodes the too hot for tv the uh too hot for the medieval dance floor it was banned uh, out of germany because these episodes are making people groove until they died too hot blooded for human bodies you got to get that shit out out (laughs) yeah there's a bunch of episodes that you can listen to right now for as little as five bucks a month you can get access to those two bucks a month gets you shout outs uh, and above that we've got t-shirts and more that's right patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life it's the only way that we um sustain this podcast that you listeners sustain us in doing this podcast um, it's a beautiful relationship uh, we're glad to have you over there and at the end of every episode we like to thank those who've supported us on patreon by giving them a shout out right here in the show and that's what we're gonna do right here and now Let's go. Thank you to Kevin Guinto. Kevin, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? That's right. You're an angel, but you actually sinned pretty hard. And I think God just 
took away your wings mid-flight. You came crashing down to us. You got into a paranormal podcast and you've been with us ever since. They say heavens, you know, like it's supposed to be the pearly gates like forever and ever, you know, nope. like for eternity. Not for him. He Not was in there for, what, eight minutes? Nine minutes? I think that was a record. Yeah, he got in there, tried to have sex with another angel. That'll... Which- That'll get Immediately you banned, yeah. But good to have you back on Earth, brother. Thanks also to Miriam Goldstein. Miriam Goldstein, the inventor of gold steam. What? That's right. Gold in gaseous form. The, uh... I mean, it was brought on the market as, like, a super light way to carry all your riches and gold just in, like, a jar or in a balloon or something. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's a pretty smart idea. If you breathe it, you die. If it gets in your eyes, you're blind. And it sounds very expensive. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. Because, I mean, it worked pretty well just having it in a bar form. Uh, the gas form is a bit dangerous. I mean, a gust came and I lost half a mil to the winds. You have you have to really be careful with it. I mean, cool. She invented it, I guess. Yeah, I, and it's been good to her. She's dropping gold steam on our Patreon account, so thank you so much. Hey, and uh, Goldstein, I'll raise a cold stein to that one. Glug, glug. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you also to Chris Salmon. You know, they call him Chris the Salmon Salmon. Because uh, he's always doing everything upstream. Uh, battling against the, the currents. Yeah, going against the grain, man. Yeah, one way street, f- no. Driving my <laughs> two by four straight down. Wait, a two by four isn't a, is that, that's not a car, you that's a, a plank. <laughs> <laughs> Cars, I'm driving a plank of wood wrong way down the one way street. My company said, here, Chris, take a company car. I said, f- Cars. I'm going to attach a bike to a two by four. <laughs> I love it. This guy doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't follow the flow. We, we appreciate the hustle, man. He's had a hard life, though. It's been very difficult. Yeah, it's not easy going upstream 24-7. Hey, man, take the night off. Go downstream. Order a pizza. Yeah. Thanks also to Emily Coop. Emily, the last thing we need in this commune is a coop. All right, I'll be honest with you. There's people are really antsy. If you start throwing the coop word around, people start thinking there's going to be an overthrow. People start lo- the people who are in the commune <laughs> are very easily made afraid. So if we could, if you could change your name, because there's no coop, there's no coo, there's nothing that sounds like that. So uh, it would it would it would be really beneficial to us if you could just. We've already banned chicken coops. Exactly. Uh, four door coops. Yeah, and anything that, that we can't play pool because pool cue sounds like coo, and people think coo, and then they start looting and and trying to overthrow us. And suddenly we're not in charge anymore. And exactly. No one wants that. So you might have to change your name to let's just throw something out there tennis. <laughs> Or marbles. Either one. Anything with balls. <laughs> Anything that's calming and involves balls. Yes. Thanks also to Justin Parton. Pardon the interruption, Justin. But I just wanted to thank... Why am I Irish? But I just wanted to thank you for your donation you made to our Patreon. Oh, it's much appreciated. Thanks for dropping a, a pot of paranormal gold in the, in, the, in the pot of the paranormal peasants. I don't know why I was going to end it with... Arigato. <laughs> Arigato gozaimasu. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you too. Dan Sharp. 
Dan Sharp, half man, half blade. Whoa, that's right, his soul was was merged with a, you'd think, like, hopefully like an ancient Japanese katana. But it was one of those, like, sushi set knives. Like oh, the small, serious? the tiny one, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's still pretty cool. He's pretty dangerous because he's, like, half knife, half... You. It's Actually, it's mostly knife. I think he's, like, 90% knife. Oh. He can't really speak or... He just kind of sits there. But, it, but you know, eh, actually... The whole thing. He might just be a knife. That seems more I think scientific it's Yeah, I think it's just... Because he doesn't move or anything, actually. So, I guess... I mean, that's cool. He's, like, the only knife that supports us on Patreon. Oh, I actually... Oh, I actually misread it. It's not Dan Sharp. It's Dan's Harp. Oh, this is actually... Uh, this guy's 90% harp, 10% boy. <laughs> and not the instrument, the alcoholic beverage. He's 90% a whole pint of harp. This is a literal glass of lager. Thank you for your support. Thanks also to Samantha Schick. Everybody get down with the Schickness. Samantha would be, <laughs> we know it, she'd be the first person to start boogieing if the virus comes back. She's in there with glow sticks, whistles, dancing her little heart out till it explodes. Yeah, she, she like, most of us need a lot of persuasion to dance until we die. She needs a light little nudge in that direction. Yeah, she was examined. She didn't even have the virus. She just wanted to be involved in the party. So, Samantha, thank you for supporting the show. I'm glad you enjoyed dancing, but take it easy on the old ticker. Thanks also to Henry Beach. Henry, you son of a beach. I got in a bar fight once, and Henry wouldn't defend me. Did you know him? Know who? Henry. No, not at the time. Well, why would he defend you then? Defend my honor. I I was borderline sucker punched when I tried to take this guy's wallet, and Henry wouldn't even step in and defend my honor. The whole thing was backwards. It was, it was it was insulting to me. It was insulting to everyone involved. You told me about that now. You said it was... You said that little beach Henry, you stole his wallet. Why would he possibly defend you for that? He Don't say it on the podcast. Henry didn't know I stole his wallet. I was stealing a lot of wallets that night. He got caught in the crosshairs. It was at one of our Patreon meetups. <laughs> Mid telling us how much the show means to him. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great, buddy. That's great. Is your hand in my back pocket? Huh? Just touching your ass, Henry. No <laughs> Chill out. Thank you, Henry, for your support. And I know you're giving it because I've got your wallet. <laughs> Don't cancel any of your cards. <laughs> Please, Henry. Thank you also to Ivan Berkeland. Well, if it isn't conniving Ivan Berkeland. You sneaky bastard. He thought he could just sneak on into our Patreon page. What do you think he's planning to do while he's in there? I don't know, but it's going to be sneaky. Think you're going to get access to the secret members club? Fat chance. Nope, not unless you call me master. And I, for one, know Ivan would never call me master. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I've tried multiple times. I've tried. I've basic. I've had like... I don't want to get into, like, the the details or anything like that, but, you know, I've, like, stolen some of his possessions before, and I've not returned them. Oh, so at this, was that at the same meetup? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it was actually at that meetup, yeah, the live show, was, yeah, uh, Ivan was there, and I was like, I have some of your possessions, like, I have your kids, etc., like, tell me, call me kids. master. Yeah, well, you know. Whoa. You know conniving Ivan, he's always up to something. Hey, if you bring your kids to a Patreon meetup. <laughs> a paranormal meetup. There's a chance that's what's gonna happen. Uh, Ivan, just call me master, and you know, the, I mean, the, the kids are fine. 
So just call me master. They'll come back and I'll give you access to the uh, secret members club. So there you go. It's your choice, buddy. Thank you. Thanks also to Daniel Trivet. Daniel Trivet is always with it. This is the guy with the latest iPhone, the latest MacBook mm-hmm, Pro, mm-hmm. the latest Yeezys. But again, too far. The latest diseases. He's got the latest infections, the latest uh, addictions. He's really bad into crypto uh, currency and like online crypto betting. It's pretty much drained him dry. So he pretty much just, he's always got the latest everything, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> exactly. And there's a lot of bad in there involved. I think he might be a Nazi now. Whoa. Yeah. Because that's pretty in. Because it's coming in a back. Lot of parts yeah. in the world. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um. So just, you got to hang in there, man. You got, and start picking the good from the bad. That's all I'll say. Get in touch with what you like. Don't yeah. just... Which hopefully isn't just white power. Yeah. Try and get away from hopefully that. Hopefully it's like the fine things, the Yeezys or something. Sure. An- that's, another That's icon. close enough to a personality. Absolutely. Okay. Good luck, Daniel. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Andrew Meany. Andrew Meany uh, is actually a pretty comically um, light kind of name to have for such a hardened criminal. <laughs> Uh, like, Meany is really the least of what this guy's done when you look at his criminal record. Yeah, that's really, you know, it's 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 underselling him, really. He's convicted in multiple states of varying crimes, of which he's landed lifetimes in prison. Um, so, yeah, I think Meany doesn't really do him... It doesn't really do, do justice. I'm pretty sure you know the way um, the U.S. military had, like, a deck of cards for the war in Iraq with, like high profile targets for yeah. each card in the deck there's a deck with just andrew uh, and it's called the meanie deck and he's every card <laughs> every single card he's every joker in the pack when he was on the stand you know they were like do you have anything to say can you even defend yourself and he kind of like shrugged and he was like i guess i'm just a bit of a meanie uh, no 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 like, you're no, a war sir. criminal yeah like you, you're wanted for like this is a, a triple homicide yeah you know you, you've killed multiple people it's in my jeans i'm a meanie he like knocks over a glass of water like who even let him have a glass of water this guy is uh, he's one of the most wanted criminals in american history he turns around to his defense lawyer winks defense <laughs> lawyers nodding like perfect they like sent him to jail all right next case kevin scoundrel bring up kevin scoundrel oh i did it again just go to all, all you go to jail every single one of you go to jail so hopefully um i don't know how you're getting these payments out of prison and into the patreon but thank you so much for all the effort you little meanie and thanks to everyone we shouted out uh today and everyone we shouted out previously um um, we've for a little while we've had a backlog of, of names to get through but we are getting there slowly but surely so if you haven't heard your shout out just yet please rest assured that it is coming just hang in there we'll have a whole bunch next week and more importantly a whole brand new investigation coming on Tuesday we'll see you then bye bye